Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hello and welcome, welcome to part six of six, our our last chapter of our new book, Breaking Up with People Pleasing, Is That Okay? Um, A manual for ditching the exhaustion of people pleasing and falling in love with yourself. My name is Aubrey Henderson and I'm here with my friend and lovely co-author Andrea Seidel and we are going chapter by chapter talking about each chapter of this new book which we're so excited to share with you if you have not listened to parts one through five you're probably going to want to go back and start at the beginning and listen to those in order we will reference back to kind of past chapters but we are just offering a little taste of each chapter of the book you know, letting you know a little bit about what's inside of this book. Um, If you hear something that you like that you want to learn more about, we really would encourage you to grab a copy. You're going to want to have a copy of this book for yourself. Um, So we'll link that in the show notes. And with that, let's dive into chapter six, where we are really focusing on how do I thrive in my relationships? So the key word of this chapter is boundaries, which is one of my favorite things to talk about. (laughs) Of all time. And you can't see Andrea, but she's making kind of like a little bit of a cringy face. (laughs) (laughs) Because boundaries are so hard, like, especially when you love someone with an addiction. I know on my podcast, rather, Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction. It is boundaries get crossed all the time when you love someone with an addiction. It's so hard. So I am so excited about this chapter because I know the listeners are going to just, you know, eat up your wonderful support. And, um, and also the importance of boundaries are there. And as people pleasers, we tend to let people cross our boundaries or we don't set them up at all. Right. We cross our own boundaries. We let people cross our boundaries. And so this is, let's just, you know, let's just dig in. Right. We, we want want to talk about the reflect we want to reflect on our own boundaries on the boundaries how to set boundaries identify strategies for strengthening communications and to set boundaries in relationships without abandoning ourselves we don't want to do that create a plan for setting boundaries and then also how to respond when boundaries are broken so okay Aubrey this is your forte I love this. I love this. And this is, you know, I was saying in maybe the last, no, a couple, a couple of episodes ago, I was saying that, you know, there are some, some chapters and this book is obviously a blend of both Andrea and myself, but you know, there are some chapters that each of our professional orientations really come through. And for me, you know, as a self-worth coach, this, this chapter is like, like anyone who has worked with me one-on-one will be like, ah, yes, I recognize all of this because this is, this is a lot of what I teach. And so, you know, I think the first, the first thing here is really to just 
take a moment to recognize that boundaries are something like you just said, Andrea, that are often really fraught for people. They're really difficult. They stress us out a lot of the time. The idea of boundaries is really scary because we equate boundaries with estrangement. Like we think, oh my God, setting a boundary means I have to cut someone off or I'm never going to talk to them again. And it's really stressful and it's really scary, especially because for most people reading this book, you probably don't want to cut people off completely. It's not that you want to stop caring about people. It's not that you want to end the relationships in your life. It's that you want them to be healthier and stronger and for yourself to be able to be healthy and all of that as well. And so that's really what boundaries are in service of. Boundaries are not, you know, you cutting someone off or building up a wall, but they are, you know, a way for you to strengthen your relationships and help them be healthy and thrive ultimately in the end. So I think it's naming that first and saying like, it's okay. Yes, this is hard, but also setting boundaries doesn't have to mean cutting people off or anything scary like that. Yeah. And I think that, and and I do joke, but I mean, I had to really practice boundaries and, and, um, ultimately they, they saved me, but I think that, um, what really resonated with me. And when I talk about boundaries in my other book, I, I, I do talk about being that boundaries are actually, and this is what helped me and my brain register. Um, the boundaries are set not for the other person and boundaries are set for yourself. So I always thought that if I I set a boundary, like you, you, I, like you can't do cocaine, Yeah, <laughs> funny boundary, but you know, but that, that's yeah. like, that's imposing a boundary on someone else. So a more healthy boundary. What I realized is that actually boundaries are for me, it's like, I can't be in a relationship with someone who is going to be doing cocaine or drugs and then come mm-hmm. home and be around my children. That yeah. is my boundary. So that is yeah. really ultimately what got me out of that relationship. But um, it's it's interesting how when you just have that shift about what it is, is recognizing that boundaries aren't for other people. It's like, if you do this, then you're out. You know, if you do this, then you're out. It's like, no, no, no. And I think that does that, does that resonate with you at all? Oh my God, totally. I mean, I think, I think also the piece, and this is something that if, again, if you're, if you've worked with me one-on-one, or even if you haven't, if you've just listened to my podcast or whatever, if you're familiar with me, you have heard this, which is that your, our control in this world, what we have control over starts and ends literally with us. That that's it. I have no control over you, Andrea, as another human being. I have no control over any person or their choices outside of myself, right? And I think sometimes we think, oh, if I set a boundary, I can't, we, we mistake boundaries for control of someone else. If I set a boundary, I can tell them what to do. And that's not correct, right? Setting a boundary is exactly what you said. It's really about saying, okay, this is what is okay with me. This is what I'm willing to accept. This is this this is the basically the handbook or the manual for being in relationship with me. And if you cannot follow the policies and procedures, you know, this is what it's then going to look like, right? You're mm-hmm. not we're not going to be able to continue to be in relationship with one another. And that doesn't that also doesn't have to be an indictment on the other person's character. It doesn't mean that, you know, sometimes we have boundaries and other people just aren't able to live within those that's just incompatibility ultimately. And I think sometimes we think about boundaries and then we think, well, you know, I want to set a boundary, but like, I don't want to be mean or I don't want to be, you know, say like make them feel like a bad person. Boundaries aren't about anybody being a good or bad person. Boundaries can be value neutral. It's simply about, okay, this is what works for me. And if you can't function within that, then, you know, we may not be compatible. And that doesn't mean that's not hard, right? Obviously, that can be very painful when you care deeply about somebody 
and they're not able to respect those boundaries. But that's a lot of what this chapter talks about, right? I think, yes. you know, there's really a couple steps to this. And I think step one is often the hardest part for a lot of people, or it, any of these could be the hardest part for you. But for a lot of people, this is difficult, which is just being able to communicate your feelings, your needs, your boundaries, your desires very clearly and directly, right? Being able to name what those are. And I think that's why we've done all of the work up until this chapter that we have in this book, right? You've done, when you reach chapter six, you've done a lot of reflection on why you're showing up as a people pleaser in the first place, then doing some reflection on, okay, what is it that you need and want and what you want your relationships to look like and what's important to you and what matters to you, right? You've looked at what context people pleasing shows up in. And now it ultimately, the rubber meets the road here where you then have to be able to communicate that to other people. You have to find a way to name your own experience. And I think to your point, Andrea, part of what can help us shift our mindset around that because I think we think, you know, oh, I'm asking for what I need. Is that selfish? Because I'm focused on me. I don't want to be too needy. I don't want to be selfish or self-centered. But it's to say that, you know, your boundaries, your needs, those are just about you. You're not imposing anything on anybody else by stating your needs. You are simply putting them out there. The other person has the decision about, you know, the way they want to, you know, rise up to meet you where you're at or not. And so it's being able to, name those clearly. And what you raised something so interesting too, is like setting boundaries actually is communicating your self-worth is communicating that you have inherent goodness and worthiness. So if anything, you're telling, you're communicating by setting boundaries with others that you, you are worthy and that you are, you just, you're deserving of, you know, certain, certain, I guess, what's the word? <laughs> yes. Behavior, yeah, certain, yeah. Certain treatment, certain, treatment, yeah, it, yes. exactly. And so I think it's, you know, it is being able to practice naming your needs, naming your boundaries. And so when we think about boundaries, you think about, you know, saying, hey, I need you to not do this thing, or could you please stop doing this thing, or this isn't okay with me. But I think boundaries can also look like you know, just being able to state your emotions, right? I think, you know, for a lot of people pleasers, if somebody says, hey, how are you? What do we say? Regardless of how we actually are, what do we say? Wonderful, great. (laughs) I'm doing great, I'm fine. Yeah. And like a lot of the time that it's not true, it's BS. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, that actually can be a form of boundary setting is being able to say, you know what? I'm feeling a little low energy today, right? It's, Mm -hmm. you are communicating, you are stating, your emotional state and where you're at, you're also implicitly communicating needs there, right? You're not pretending to have emotional energy that you don't have. So you can start it in small ways as well. Beautiful. No, so true. So again, I love how you brought up that all the chapters kind of prepare you for this, like connecting to you, like what are your emotions? What are your feelings? Like, what are you feeling right now? Without even have to explain it necessarily. It's like, I feel frustrated when you come home at two in the morning. Like those are honest feelings. And then, you know what, my need, like, and also connecting to your needs, like my need for safety and security and a healthy relationship are not being met is like honoring your needs. And and I love obviously Marshall Rosenberg's work on nonviolent communication is like connecting to those emotions, those feelings, there's needs. And then what is it that you value? What are you needing? Um, So, yeah, so that is the first step. I love that you bring that up. So, and then communicating them. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So actually being able to 
actually being able to communicate those, I think, <laughs> brings us to a place of, you know, wh- what is this actually going to look like in practice when, you know, a a boundary is violated or something? Once I've named it, well, what's going to happen after that? And I think, I think something I'd also like to name here, and I talked about this in um, when we talked about chapter five, is this idea of being able to practice as we're practicing these things identifying one or two people who you really trust to be able to practice some of this stuff with. And I think with boundaries, especially if you're somebody who has not set a boundary before, right. Or somebody who really like you feel a little nervous about it. You feel unpracticed. Like it feels like not kind of your default state. It can really help to find someone who you really trust, who you're like, you know, I got this book. I'm really, you know, working on this like people pleasing behavior. I really would like to get rid of some of it. And a part of that is boundaries. I'm really nervous about it. Um, and I'd like to have someone to practice it with, would you mind if I start practicing that with you? And this can mean that, you know, this is the person who, when they ask how you're doing, this is the person you're honest with about that, right? You practice naming your emotions in a really honest and direct way. Or, you know, this person will say, hey, I want to go to this place to eat lunch. And this is the person where you would then step out of your comfort zone and say, you know what, actually, I don't want to go there. I don't like the food there, Right. And I know, I feel like I use that example a lot of like where you go for lunch, but I feel like <laughs> it's, I feel a like good, it's an easy, good example. And you yeah. love lunch. <laughs> I do. I do love lunch. <laughs> I love all meals, but you know, I, I think that that's having a person who you can practice some of this stuff with where there's a lot of trust is really important. I think we, many of us have, I mean, I'm sure Andrea, if you can think of like, <laughs> is there a relationship in your life right now where you're like, oh, I could use some more boundaries there. I know I have one in mind that I'm like, Ooh, I, okay, I could, there's work for me to do there. And I think for a lot of people, the, <laughs> the inclination might be, Oh, I'm supposed to go apply this directly to that, like really challenging relationship. That's and I a think- great point because right away we, we get maybe overwhelming. Like right away, I'm thinking back to the time when I had that addicted love one in my life and like how hard it was to set boundaries. But then when mm-hmm. you just brought it back to that example of, you know, one of my friends that sucks up all my coaching energy, it's like, Oh, okay. I did you call me to be a friend or did you call me to be a coach? And you know, it's so much time. And it's like, you know, it's like, I, like, as soon as you said that, it's like, yeah, I got to practice a little bit more boundaries there of my time. Right. And so I love that. I love that. And then pre-thinking too, of maybe some consequences or what to say or how to frame it is so important. I love that you bring that up. Oh my God. It's well, and I think this is really important too, because I think people are, you know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves saying like, oh, I, you know, I've read about boundaries. I know they're important. So I'm like, I'm just going to go into this difficult conversation and set a boundary and then they're going to respect it automatically. Right. And I like, I really hate to be the bearer of bad news on this y'all, but not everybody's going to respect your boundaries. You're going to have people who push back on your boundaries, either in the moment, or you're going to have people who say, yeah, that sounds great. And then they disregard it like a week later. Right. And so it's really important before you get into that situation to be able to recognize, okay, I know I'm going to set a boundary and the boundary is going to be X. And if they don't, you know, sort of align with that boundary, if they're not able to respect it, the consequence is going to be Y. And the example I use in the book is one that, and I don't know why this, this came to me, this one came to me a long time ago. And it's the one I I will use as an example a lot when I teach is, um, like, let's say you let your friend borrow your car. You have a car and your friend is like, oh, I need to borrow, I need to borrow your car for a day. And you say, okay, cool. Yeah, borrow my car, no problem. They borrow your car and you have a rule about no food in your car. So you say, hey, uh, please don't eat any food in my car. And they say, okay. 
and they borrow your car and they bring it back and it smells like McDonald's French fries. Like, you know, <laughs> they had food, you know exactly what they had. And also there's some fries on the floor, right? They ate in your car. They violated the boundary. Now, if you just said, don't eat in my car and they ate in your car, you're kind of left at a place of like, okay, I could confront them and say, Hey, you ate in my car. What the hell? <laughs> but then, but then what, right? Versus let's rewind the scenario. And from the beginning, you can say from the beginning, Hey, um, so my only thing is like, please don't eat in my car because it, you know, it's like a really important rule to me. And if you, if you do, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to let you borrow it again, but like, as long as you don't eat in my car, we're good. And then they bring it back to you and they've eaten in your car. You can say, Hey, so I see that you've eaten food in my car and left food on the floor of my car. So I'm not going to be able to let you borrow it again, as we discussed, right? There's no thinking into That's how good. do I respond so to them clear. once you're, because also when somebody violates our boundaries, how does that feel? It feels awful. We feel activated. We feel angry. We might feel hurt. We might feel sad, Trigger. you know, whatever triggered. Exactly. And so in that moment is that is not the time for you to be like, okay, let me think about like, what am I going to do here? How am I going to respond? Let me formulate the perfect response. Don't put yourself in that situation, formulate the response ahead of time and make it clear to them ahead of time. Right. And so I think that's really important is to have, have that boundary and the consequence for violating the boundary and make those super clear. A theme of boundaries is also clear communication be more specific and more direct and more clear than you think you need to be. That is so important. So important. I love that. And also you, you talk, so you really do talk highly about, you know, healthy boundaries, setting them, naming your emotions and your needs. It's like, that's basically what a boundary is communicating those needs to others and then identify what will happen if they cross the boundary or they, they, they aren't respecting your needs um, and with, with some consequences. So can we talk a little bit about consequences? Like how, like we don't want to feel like we're policing or anything, right? Too. So I, I love how you, that example actually is so great because it really shows you how you've built the consequence into setting the boundary in the first place. Um, yes. So getting clear on that clear communication is key. So coming up with, I know what I did is I used to write down my boundaries before is, yes. like, this is what I'm needing. This is what I'm feeling. And I would write it in my journal. And then yes. I would think about all the possible things, consequences of, you know, breaking that boundary. Um, yes. so I, I think that's so smart. Yeah, I think, and I think the exercise of writing it out is so important and we've included actually a whole kind of page and space for that in the book, right. For you to kind of practice that strategy of reflecting on a boundary that you want to set, writing out the consequences. And I think that's a great exercise to really, and, and to have it written down, I think can be really powerful for a lot of people. So it's, it's kind of there in black and white, right. It's not a matter of, Oh, maybe I'm remembering it incorrectly, right. You're, you're actually writing it down for yourself and taking that moment to set it. I think the thing to also remember is, is again, you know, the consequences of violating a boundary are not, I think we think of them as, oh, no, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to punish people. A, a, a consequence should not be a punishment, right? It should not be, I'm going to do a bad thing to you if you hurt me, right? It's, that's not a boundary. That's different. That's, that's retribution, right? That's a different kind of practice. Boundaries are more about, okay, so, you know, if you are not able to engage with me in this way, then it's, it's more about sort of limiting access. So you're really, it's mm -hmm. more about 
you know, when you're setting a consequence for a boundary, it's probably going to be a consequence that just reduces that person's access to repeat the boundary violation again, right? So in the mm-hmm. in the example of the car, it's like, okay, so you're not going to yell at the person necessarily, you're not going to stop speaking to them forever, but you're probably going to stop letting them borrow your car. You're not, you're going to stop giving them the opportunity to repeatedly violate the boundary. And that's when you're thinking about how to, you know, designate a consequence for a boundary violation, it really should match, you know, what, what was the boundary violation and how can I avoid giving that person another opportunity to violate the boundary if they're showing they cannot respect the boundary. Does that make sense? Oh, so yes. And then the, what comes up in my brain is like, okay, they, then they come back and because we're people pleasing, we give them the car. Yes, <laughs> so we exactly. Give into our own, we break our own boundaries. So can we speak to that just briefly? Because I know my listeners will definitely um, resonate with some of your suggestions. So it's just as important for us to follow through on those boundaries that we set. Oh my God, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's, I mean, we can, ultimately we can't be sorry for setting boundaries, right? And that's part of it. When we, when someone comes back and we sort of remove the boundary, we let them borrow the car again, we allow a person access to, you know, the ability to continue to do us harm. We are basically acting in apology for our boundaries, right? We're saying, oh, it's okay. Like, you know, it, it's fine. It's not really a big deal, right? you're undermining your own boundaries. When really setting boundaries is, like you said before, an act of self-love and self-worth. Boundaries are an act of, you know, naming, hey, this is important to me. And this is how I need you to engage with me around this. And if you're not able to, then we're not going to engage around this. I mean, an example I think of a lot, for whatever reason, it's coming up a lot for me right now, as we head into holidays, I guess that makes a lot of sense, is... um, Thinking about, you know, if you have a family member, for example, who like comments on your body in a way that you don't want them to will comment on you gaining or losing weight or comment on what you're eating. And that's something that's triggering for you. You know, setting a boundary with them around that is not about them. It's not about, you know, let me police what you you can and can't say. It's not about any of that, but it's about saying, hey, the thing you are doing is harmful to me. And I want to name to you the impact that you are having on me. And I, I'm going to invite you to not do that, right? I'm going to let you know that if you would like me to continue to have conversations with you, they need to not include this topic, right? And that person then has a choice to make. And I think that's the thing to remember when you start to feel sorry for setting boundaries or you feel badly or, you know, you know, am I being an unkind person? Setting a boundary is an invitation for somebody to be in relationship with you in a positive way. If they are not able to respect your boundary, that is a choice that they are making. It has nothing to do with anything you need to be sorry for. Mm. And so I think that's really important to remember in those moments when we think, oh, maybe just this once I'll just like let them get away with it. You are sending them a message about the treatment that you are willing to accept in that moment, right? And you are allowing them to make a choice that is harmful to you. And for boundaries to stick, we can't be sorry for having them. Yeah. And further to that, that if we have, I know I have, if we've let people cross our boundaries and, or like, for me, it's like so many times I'd say, I'm not taking that back or I can't do this anymore. Like that's the last straw or, you know, but then it keeps going, um, offering yourself compassion around that because it, it, especially when you love someone with an addiction, it's, 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 
is chart it's a different territory altogether right um yes. and it's very challenging so i think that um if you have you know let your boundaries get crossed give yourself you know love and compassion and understanding and um just validation for those the those feelings and then it's never too late to set up boundaries it's never too late to then go back to the drawing board you know life is a classroom we're all learning and um i think that adopting that growth mindset is like okay like you know and then, and doing it then, I just wanted to add that little piece there. Got it. I love that. I love that. So really, I mean, in this chapter, like we said, all about boundaries and healthy relationships require boundaries, all relationships, right? And when you think about it, even, even your healthiest relationships, you probably have some boundaries. And if you don't, maybe you should think about having some. <laughs> and, um, you know, that really there's four pieces to setting boundaries. It's recognizing your own needs, communicating those needs, um, identifying consequences if the boundary is not respected or the needs are not met, and then really sticking to those consequences, sticking to the boundary. And, you know, having some grace and some self-acceptance for the fact that setting boundaries can be really hard, but it is by far the most transformative tool for improving your relationships as a people pleaser is recognizing the power of boundaries. Oh my gosh. Well, there you have it. Oh my gosh. We just talked all about what people pleasing looks like, why humans become people pleasers, why that we might engage ourselves in people pleasing behaviors. We talked about how to stop people pleasing. We talked about how to please ourselves. We talked about how to thrive in relationships. And oh my gosh, that book is so good. I hope you enjoyed the series. I really encourage you to go purchase your copy and support us, the authors. We put so much love into this book and um, we are hoping that it helps you. We fear even if it helps one person, we've done our job, right? That's right. That's Yay. right. Thank you so much for listening. Again, we will uh, put the link for you to grab your copy in the show notes. And, you know, if you love this episode, if you love the book, please, you know, share either this episode, share the link to the book with a friend who you think could really benefit from breaking up with people pleasing. Yay. Is that okay? <laughs> I'll stop it now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want additional support, you can head on over to my website at andreaslidell.com where we have a wonderful supportive, compassionate community. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone going through this struggle so that we can all work together to take back our lives and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but also week after week. I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes every single week so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.